You know, the world right now is a really unsettled place. And for such a time as this, women play a most important role in history as peacemakers. The goal of Ladies of Liberty Sound Off is to affect the lives of women in an empowering way through discussion of important issues of the day. So, are you ready? The Ladies of Liberty are ready to sound off. The report is out. Peter Navarro, who is an economist and an author, and he serves in the Trump administration as assistant to the president, director of trade and manufacturing policy, and the National Defense Production Act policy coordinator, has put out a report regarding election fraud. And it is quite the report. If you haven't read it, take a moment and jump on. The report is called The Immaculate Deception, Six Key Dimensions of Election irregularities. So the report has an executive summary and it has assessments of the fairness and integrity of the presidential election. It examines six dimensions of alleged election irregularities across six key battleground states, those states being Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. There was, of all of these six elements of fraud, which were outright voter fraud, ballot mishandling, contestable process fouls, equal protection clause violations, voting machine irregularities, and significant statistical anomalies. Virtually every state in all but one category, which was Pennsylvania in the significant statistical anomaly category, by far showed fraud. Becky, Ava, what do you think? I think it's all true. I think it's accurate. You know, now, now that we've done the forensic on this voting irregularity or deception or immaculate deception. I love that term. Um, Mm -hmm. What do we do now? Where do we go from here? Because Navarro is spot on in his report. Well, with the 50 lawsuits and judicial rulings and thousands of affidavits and testimonies before Congress, with public admittance, with alleged crimes being committed on video, the other side is trying to dismiss it all. But it, what bothers me is the integrity of our election is at stake here. And it's not necessarily against Biden and Trump. It is against a new world order and what is right and what privileges that American citizens are going to lose if we do not hold these people accountable for the crimes that have been committed. There have been so many instances and reports out about certain individuals that have participated specifically, not only in um, orchestrating the fraud, but directing pollsters and people in these political venues on how to create the fraud and how to overturn an election. To me, that's unacceptable on any level. And I don't see how anyone can be okay with that. 
Well, I don't think that we should be okay with it. The problem seems to be, which continues, is that courts just refuse to hear any case brought before them. And that I don't understand because when you have half the country that believes that fraud was committed and all of the, the polls say that at least half the country believe that the election was not a free and fair election, why are we not getting our day in court? And why are they not simply saying, let's look at all of the signatures, let's make sure that the people that voted were alive and that they actually lived where they said that they lived. I mean, let's do some checking. And all we're asking is for fairness. So we, we don't want you to change the vote. We want you just to only count those ballots that are legitimate. I think that that's perfectly fair. So why are our courts continuing to stop any effort to do just that? Well, the most powerful court in the land should have taken the case the most powerful court being the Supreme Court. And they just decided that they wouldn't take the case, which I find very odd because the Supreme Court's duty is to uphold the constitution. They take an oath to do so. So I'm very confused as to why the Supreme Court did not take this case. Well, I have a couple of opinions on that. Um, one, one is I understand now one of the justice clerks came out and said there was a lot of yelling and screaming in the room where the justices go, where there's no phones, no video, no anything, that Justice Roberts pretty much demanded that the rest of the judges or justices agree with him and disregard the lawsuit. That's one thing that I found out this week. The other thing I found out was that the reason or the logic that some people are trying to wrap around their brains as to why the justices did not take it. And I'm a little conflicted with that now that I know what Justice Roberts did is that the election fraud was not aimed at Texas. And so that's why they threw it out. If the fraud had been aimed directly at Texas, I'm told the justices would have heard it. President Trump now has his own lawsuit against the six, personally against the six states, because the states committed fraud against him. And so now the challenge is going to be for the Supreme Court to decide whether or not they're going to hear his personal lawsuit. What really puzzles me is that when Justice Roberts was involved in the Florida election with Gore and Bush, he ruled in Bush's favor. But he said publicly, that that has nothing to do with this particular election. So anything I said in that does not set a precedence for this particular ruling. When I found out this week that he was yelling at all of the other justices, now I question as to whether or not the ruling on the Texas case is legitimate or if it is biased. That's where I'm being conflicted. Well, 
I, I don't know if Justice Roberts could tell other justices how to vote. I, I don't see it working that way. However, I, I do think that with their feeling that Texas had no standing, I, I really disagree with that because every state should have standing here because Bingo. the, the Bingo. votes that were stolen in this election and Peter Navarro puts it really well in his report. He said it was a theft by a thousand cuts across six dimensions and six Absolutely. battleground states rather than any one single silver bullet election irregularity. And that seems to be what our courts are looking for, that silver bullet, but there is no silver bullet. It is a, it is a massive fraud on so many different levels. Each level of its own may not look like it's a big thing, but when you put them together, it's a huge thing. So when they said that Texas has no standing, my own perception of that is that, and I live in Texas, so I, I'll say that our votes in Texas were discounted by the fraud in the other states. So they have disenfranchised me as a voter. And I do think that that's important. And I kind of like the analogy of the Mississippi River starts way up in the north end of the United States, way up in the north. And it flows all the way down to the Gulf. So it flows through a lot of different states, right? If somebody in the north put a dam across that river and therefore the states below it could not have their, their commerce on the river, uh, could not have their activities on the river, could not get water from the river, whatever they do, they would have a right to sue that state for harming them. And that is how I see that this should work. We, all the rest of the states and 17 states jumped into that lawsuit. So it's not just Texas that felt that they were harmed. It's 17 other states as well. So how could they turn that down? And how could they do that to the American people? Because we will never feel that we have a legitimate president for the next four years. You, you just explained that perfectly. And mm -hmm. that is exactly my point as well. We do have standing. The 17 states that brought that suit have enormous standing. Our whole future in this country de is dependent upon that case. And they refuse to hear it. And that to me was just a complete miss. I mean, I, I don't understand it and I would pursue it further. I agree with both of you. When that, when that ruling came out, I was infuriated and I thought, okay, so it doesn't matter what six states do, they can control the rest of the nation. Um, I have struggled and I've tried to understand and the people that I am relying on for sources that have connections in Washington are telling me the Supreme Court doesn't want to make the decision. And I understand that. They don't want to have to say one way or the other who the president is. But what I don't understand is, like the two of you agree, 
I do believe that my vote was completely wiped out because there are individuals in these six states that think that they can go behind other people's backs and not go through their legislatures to change the law about voting that can unanimously on their own, all six of them, decide we're going to do it this way and we're going to change the law in the middle of the election so that it fits what we want to actually happen. And I think that's what has happened. And I, I have my own view about how this is going to all play out based on my sources uh, and how things are looking. And we'll get into that if you want to, but I agree. I think the Supreme Court should have taken it. And I only expressed what they were saying is they don't want to have to make the decision. And because, and I don't agree with this, but because it didn't, the election wasn't directed specifically and solely at Texas. So they use that as an excuse. And I think it's an scapegoat personally. Well, I think so too. And I just, I'm with both of you that I do not understand how they could not take this case. I don't understand every single judge that has refused to look at this entire election fraud uh, just in every one of those states, it's been really a, an uphill battle. And I think that just for the American people, again, it's half the country that voted for President Trump, at least, if not more. And some figures on this are, let's just take Arizona, where they had and have determined that in Arizona, there was outright voter fraud, there was contestable process fouls, there was equal protection clause violations. There was voting machine irregularities, which is a big one in all of the states. And there were significant statistical anomalies. And, mm -hmm. you know, that whole conversation about the anomalies is a big conversation. And if you read about the anomalies in all of these states, it's absolutely fascinating and you, you cannot ignore it. So let's just take, again, Arizona. The Biden victory margin was 10,457 votes. The possible illegal ballots are over 100,000. So you, and this is consistent with all of the other states. So you see that somebody has to look into this and time is just going by and going by and it's tick, tick, tick of the clock and we're not getting anywhere. Yeah, and the thing, the bottom line is every judge in every court takes an oath to uphold the Constitution of the United States. These judges who have turned this down, they're not upholding their, their jurisprudence duty. Well, I think we're finding out, and it really concerns me that the judges that are turning this down, they are conflicted for one reason or another. And, and I think we have to get to the bottom of this. The Ratcliffe report was supposed to come out today and that was going to be a bombshell. But what now has happened is some of the people working on the report are also conflicted and they refuse to give him information so that he can complete his report. That information is damning. And when you've got six states working in unison 
coming out with the exact same result when they shut the computers down and when they shut the counting down, all six of these states did it in unison. Trump was ahead by thousands upon thousands of votes. And then all of a sudden we get up the next morning and now he's behind in all of these six states. This was a collective effort by every single one of these to change the results of the election. And it was done illegally. You are living in a cave if you don't see this. And I don't get it. Yeah, and, and, we, and all, I, we all watched it on TV. It was like watching a slow motion bank robbery and you could <laughs> see it happening and you were fur infuriated watching it happen, yet no one stopped it. Not one person stopped it. I couldn't believe it. I've never seen anything like this in my life. I haven't either. And, you know, I was watching it as well. And I'm watching, I, I do not watch CNN or MSNBC, but I actually, during an election, I will flip back and forth because I want to see their reaction. And I happened to catch that part where the, uh, the votes changed from Trump to Biden. They went down for Trump and up for Biden in the exact same amount. And I was like, what? I mean, it was so fast, but you know, then you had to question yourself if you were even seeing what you thought you saw, but probably what a week or two later it came out and it showed mm -hmm. in slow motion. So mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of questions to be had. I want to continue talking about those questions in a moment. Don't miss an episode of the Ladies of Liberty Sound Off. Subscribe to the podcast. And for the latest news and inspiration, join us back at AmericaOutloud.com. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multi-nutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa, award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. Well, ladies, we have opened up a can of worms and we are going to crawl into the future to see how all of this unfolds. I am talking with Linda Martinelli. She is an uh, entrepreneur and a renowned radio celebrity with, in my opinion, top of the list on Forbes. And then we are also talking with Ava Armstrong. She is an avid author and has 18 books out on Amazon. So in my opinion, you need to look these two ladies up and get to know them. My name is Becky Stokes. I am a conspiracy theorist by my friends. I hope to think that my theories are correct. I am a homemaker of almost 50 years, 
and I have no experience in the workforce other than raising children. So that's my claim to fame. What we are going to talk about right now is some things that I've heard from individuals that have connections in Washington that give me bits and pieces of information. And we mentioned the Ratcliffe report earlier. And one of the reasons that I'm being told that the Ratcliffe report is not going to come out today is because the swamp is withholding information that has been ordered by Ratcliffe to give him. And this is the reason. When this report comes out, I believe the Insurrection Act is going to be released. And what I mean by the Insurrection Act, President Trump has recently told individuals that if they are involved in this voter fraud, they are going to be prosecuted. And so in order to get the proof out, we need to have all of the evidence and Ratcliffe doesn't have that yet. The Insurrection Act is going to be administered and we are going to be shocked from what I'm told about the different individuals that are involved in this. And it's going to be politically on both sides. There are individuals that are involved in some things that we never thought they would be involved in. We just now found out that Mitch McConnell has Chinese connections, China connections, even to the point where individuals in his family are married to that particular party and have bought a number of ships from China. And so this recently we've been we found out that he has admonished politicians to step down and not fight the Biden announcement that he's going to be president. Just let him have his presidency. That's alarming. And I think we're going to find out a whole lot more when all of this comes out. One of my contacts is giving me information on a regular basis to the point where last piece of information that he gave me was that AG Barr was going to be fired and so-and-so was going to take his place. 30 minutes later on the TV, we hear Barr is stepping down, he's offered his resignation and so-and-so is taking his place. So my ears are open my eyes are alert and I am daily getting information about what is going on. And I am measuring that information with what is happening. What do you think ladies? Well, as far as, as far as Mitch McConnell, uh, obviously he's married to a, a, a Chinese woman who is also in our government and I haven't seen any, anything untoward um her family is somebody that has has a shipping company so that makes sense to me i was disappointed that he congratulated joe biden on his election i i just found that really disturbing and i felt pretty let down by that other than that i i'm not 
I'm not so sure that that he's an enemy. I, I would pick a few other people, uh, some rhino Republicans and lots and lots of Democrats. It was interesting that one of the things that uh, Adam Schiff said as they were trying to impeach President Trump was, if the truth doesn't matter, then what does? And I would throw that right back right now. If the truth doesn't matter, then what does? Because everybody wants to sweep this under the rug and we can't sweep it under the rug. There, people need to read the Navarro report. It's far too encompassing to talk about everything uh, together right now because there are so many facets of it having to do with bribery and dead voters and ghost voters and illegal out of state voters and counting ballots multiple times. And the report shows exactly which states they found those conditions in, in large quantities. It also shows which states are smaller quantities. So I, I think it's, I think there's so much information out there that we need, we need to be doing something. And, and I, again, I mean, I can't say it enough. I'm just so disappointed in our courts because to outright dismiss these cases without letting people have their day in court, let all we, let's see the evidence, let it be litigated. If it goes one way or the other, then that's how it goes. But we aren't even being given the chance to litigate these issues. Oh, but Linda, we're being told by the left and by the media and by, you know, social media, Google, all of them, that the, the election is over. You know, if you even put out a tweet about election fraud, I mean, you get you get a, a statement on there saying it's it's not correct. It's incorrect. I feel like we're living in a socialist country already. I have a I have a pinned tweet on my Twitter account and it's long to read but it's my rant about this election and what will happen if we don't correct this right now. Well, my sources are telling me that what is going to happen is Pence is going to get the ballots, these six closed envelopes on both sides where we've got Republican and Democrat people that have been elected as electors. He's going to get both envelopes. And what he's going to do when everybody comes together, both the Senate and the Congress, since he's going to be the president of the Senate of over all of this, mm -hmm. he's going to have to make a decision that is going to accept or reject one side or the other. So what he's going to do is he's gonna tell Congress they have to go in their room Senators, you have to go in your room and you have to come out after two hours they get to tell me what your decision is. We only need one senator and one congressman to object to the Democrat electors. That's going to send everybody into negotiations. When they come back and they have no resolve, he is going to then say it's going to Congress. And people will say, oh, we've lost it. Well, we haven't lost it because this is how Congress is working. When you have 50 states, every state individually has a House of Representatives. Out of the 50 states, 
the Republican hold the majority of the House of Representatives. It's anywhere from 27 to 30. Every state gets one vote. You don't get to vote 535 Congress people or House of Representatives get to vote. One state gets one vote. So there will be 50 votes. There are somewhere between 20 and 23 House of Representatives that are held by the Democrats. Well, when the Republican votes and the Democrat votes, the Republican votes are gonna be ahead. And that, who so, that is who selects your president. It is written in the constitution. I believe it's mm -hmm. happened four other times where Congress has had to make that decision. This is why Ratcliffe's report is being held up because they don't want it to get to January, in January sometime, where they have to make this decision in the future. This mm. is a problem. This is where the Republicans know, and this is why they are fighting tooth and nail. Pelosi will have to sit down. She has no power during that opportunity when Pence says it now goes to Congress. She has no power. Pence has all the power. But do you both think that our Republicans have the heroic courage to make that stand? Because if they make that stand, understandably, there will be chaos in the country. There will be riots. There will be Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. No matter what the decision is, that will happen. I have to tell you that. We it have already, matter. I have already been warned by my uh, contacts to send out information that our country and our people need to be prepared, not only with everyday supplies, through two to three weeks of supplies, candles, batteries, some sort of communication. Um, I don't know if this is gonna happen. We could go under martial law. People are calling on President Trump to do that. That means he's gonna shut down all media. And well, I'm gonna buy a lot of rice aroni then. Yes. Stock up and my, the, Ava, the I know that you're already taken care of. Yeah, I'm a Ethan. prepper. <laughs> Even the police will not have jurisdiction over areas. It's going to be the military. And I've seen things happen. I'm not going to mention what is going on because my sources are still trying to um, validate that. But there are things happening that the rest of the country has not seen yet. And it is devastating. I'm going to leave it there. Mm -hmm. People need to open their eyes. They need to open their ears. They need to stop listening to MSM because they are not going to give you the truth. They are going to put forth a narrative that is going to make you think everything Trump is doing is nothing but a lie and it's all a conspiracy and all these people have nothing. We are just asking for our day in court to prove Absolutely. all of these allegations of voter fraud, ballot fraud, uh, ballot manufacturing, poll watchers being asked to leave, uh, flash drives being put into the Dominion machines, all of these things, there, there are so many 
I, I just cannot fathom how we could not get our day in court to take a look at this. I mean, how, how is it that every court that they go to turns it down? How, you'd think that they could find a couple. I think there will be a few that will come, you know, that will actually hear the case and make a judgment for our, our side. There are tons of lawsuits going on. And the other side is saying that this has been thrown out. This has been thrown out. This has been thrown out. It hasn't been thrown out. In fact, uh, just read yesterday, there is another case on Trump's side that the Supreme Court is actually looking at. They put it on their docket. But MSN is telling you that that's not true. And mm. every Every time you try to report something that you know is factual, the fact checkers are going to take it down because they are censoring everything. They do not want people to understand what is going on. They want you to think that when the decision is made that Trump is going to be in office, if that's what happens, that he was once again stole the election. And that is not true. We, the American people, do not accept what the globalist, now this is not just the United States, this is global, this is what China wants. They are trying to come in, you will not believe how many companies and how many employees that have taken over the United States. They want to control it and that is their effort. And for some reason, and I don't understand it, the Democrats and some rhinos are just fine with that. I don't, I, I'm scratching my head daily understanding why do you want to give up and live the way all these other socialist and communist countries are living? Why do you want to give us away? Answer that for me, ladies. Well, they're at the top. They're, they're at the top of the food chain. They'll be your masters. They, they want to destroy capitalism because capitalism is the only freedom that we really have in this country anymore. We don't have free speech anymore. And our laws are, have become so liberal that it's incredible. Uh, when you look at things from, say, 1960 to now, we have become a very, very leftist liberal society. And crime is no longer punished. Um, we're letting people out of jails, we're, we're forcing people to wear masks, we're doing unconstitutional things to the people who have unalienable rights given by a creator, and our constitution is being destroyed every single day. That's absolutely true, Ava, the constitution is being destroyed every single day, and the fact that we are sitting back watching it is just scary to me. We have pretty much, you know, let them do this to us because we didn't pay attention. And now that we're being forced to pay attention, it's, it's very tough to see if this is gonna, you know, if, if it's not too late to turn around. And if it is too late to turn around, then I have to think, do I want to live in that country? Not that there's another country that I would go to, but I think that we could be in for people that want to secede from the United States and make their own version of the United States. And the first people that would do that would be those 17 states that signed on with Texas 
because they feel that all of their rights were just ignored and taken away. And I, I don't want to live, you know, when we have a country that is divided so much as we are, I don't see a way back. I don't see a road where we can come together. So I would rather in a lot of ways split us apart and let those of us who want to live the way that the constitution laid out for us be one country and let those people who want to have no law and order and be ruled by anarchy have their country. I, I don't know what another answer is, although I would love to know what another answer is, but. Well, I think the, I think the answer lies right in our history books. This is, this is not unusual for the United States in our history. There have been many instances where there have been actual duels. Um, there have been people beaten up on the floor of Congress. Uh, patriots, when they started this country, I mean, I read prolifically the founding fathers and what they've written about our country. And they've warned us again and again, the fight for liberty never ends. Tyranny will continue to try to take the country over and we have to keep fighting. I wanna pick up on something real quick and I'll make it real short, Ava, that you said about capitalism. You're, you are absolutely correct. Capitalism is power. And the group of people that are trying to take that away from us see that as a threat. You look at all the other countries that have communism or socialism or tyranny control, they've lost the ability to be independent and to be capitalists. They have totally lost it. That was, you know, one of the reasons the United States was put together is so every individual equally could have the same rights. And that is not what the globalist wants. Exactly. And there's no limit on capitalism. There's no limit as to what you can do with yourself. You can become an entrepreneur, you can go to college, you can, you know, there are many, many avenues to become rich or famous or whatever you want to do, as long as you're willing to work hard for it. Absolutely. We are and the only place, we're the shining city on a hill. We're the only place in the world that has this system. There is no other place. And we've been successful because people are not leaving our country to go to these other countries that are capitalist or, I mean, not capitalist, but socialist or communist. They are coming here because they see that they can make a living for themselves and they can have the life that they want. They are fleeing those other countries because they are suppressed. We are not suppressed, but we're about to lose it if we don't wake up. Well, yep. and those are the first people that will tell you not to go in this direction. The people that have come here from other countries will, are just, they're adamant that we are going in the wrong direction and that we need to stay a capitalist country. So we're going to talk about some good capitalist people in the next segment in just a moment. You've watched for decades as radical Marxists have systematically taken over some of our nation's most cherished institutions. Well, AmericaOutloud.com is fighting back 
with one of the fastest growing conservative media networks in the world, featuring some of the nation's most influential experts and commentators. Join us, we're in this together, and we consider you part of our family in our crusade to share the news, commentary, and agenda that can lead America back again. It is a fight for the soul of humanity. America Out Loud Talk Radio is the voice of liberty and justice for all. Thanks for listening. You can tune in to Ladies of Liberty Sound Off weekdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at americaoutloud.com. Okay, we're back with Linda and Becky, and I'm Ava Armstrong, and we're going to talk today about the Forbes list of the most powerful women in the world. And I have a few takes on this. Um, I'm gazing at the list and it's uh, it's incredibly populated with uh, a wide variety, you might say, of various women. Um, this is an international list as well. So uh, Linda, I know you have some issues with some of these ladies. Uh, love to hear your take on it. Well, I do. But the first thing that I'll say is I have read this whole list and I've read the short bio on each person on the list. And I just find it really fascinating. And I find it just so wonderful that so many women are making such a big difference in the world. And there are leaders, political leaders like Angela Merkel, like um, the 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 president of Finland, who is, I think, 34 years old. You've just got so many women that are so incredibly intelligent and talented. There's people running banks. There's people doing so many wonderful philanthropic things. But then we have three people that I object to. I don't want to get your take. And that's not to take away from their power. I agree that they are women in power. Um, I just don't agree that they probably should be. Number three on the list is Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris, to my mind, hasn't proven anything. I lived in California at the time that she was the attorney general and she was hated in California. She was not liked by the African-American population. She inordinately put them in prison and left them there. And she did run for vice president, but it was, to me, it was almost a non uh, process because she was so much out of the limelight. I mean, she and Joe Biden stayed wherever they stayed, Joe in his basement, wherever Kamala was, they weren't out there amongst them like the Trump administration was. So I didn't see a, a lot of effort there. And she came on board with a man that she called a racist. So I don't understand that. That being said, they're giving her this position because she's the first woman in American history to be elected to the vice presidency. And should she actually get into that office? then she will have a lot of power. So I, I'm, I'm not a fan of her nomination. I'm also not a fan of Stacey Abrams' nomination, uh, saying that she 
turned Georgia blue, that she single-handedly uh, basically enabled 800,000 Democrats to sign up to vote. There's a lot of questions about the vote in Georgia and what was done legally and not, and she's right in the middle of that. So to put her on that list, uh, I have a problem with that. What do you ladies think? Well, personally, I'm not a big fan of the Forbes list. Um, having said that, I will chime in on Stacey Abrams. The reason I believe she's on the Forbes list is because, number one, Forbes is a liberal organization. And she was instrumental in getting the governor and the secretary of state to change the laws about the voting regulations without going through the chain of command, the proper chain of command, which would have been the House of Representatives. So in the middle of the election, she convinces these two men that we need to change things around and do it this way. Well, she is part of the group of people that manipulated my vote and the rest of the country's vote in getting Trump to lose his votes and giving them to Biden. So I'm not a big fan of her because of that. If she was so important and truly, if Georgia was blue, why didn't she win her congressional seat? She did not. She lost and she cried about it and fussed about it and complained about it for how many months? And well, for months, all, for months, months, she lied. For months, she actually lied and said she won. Exactly. And now Forbes puts her on the list as being one of the most influential women. It's nothing but a lie. Again, to me, again, I have my own opinion about the Forbes list, and we'll probably get into that a little bit. But she is on there because they want the rest of the country to think she's doing a good job and has the correct narrative. Well, Ava, what about Nancy Pelosi being number oh. seven on the list? You come right up. You came right up with exactly what I was just thinking. Um, yes. Number seven, Nancy Pelosi. Okay. Now she is possibly one of the most powerful women in the world. That is true. However, I look at this list and now I, I question everything. That's just how I am. I ask myself, yes, these women have power, but how did they use that power to make the world a better place? Where is exactly. the content? Where is the content of character? Where is the contribution to society? The selflessness I'm talking about here. I have a grandmother. I'll make this brief. She had 13 children. She raised six or seven. I can't remember how many uncles served in World War II. They didn't just serve in one theater. They served in multiple theaters. Um, I watched this woman my whole life as a young child, and I watched how she ran a household, grew a garden, fed the community, helped other people that were in, in need. She did laundry for other women who needed help because they had a new baby or they had a sickness in the household. These are the type of women that I look up to. And I look up to my grandmother so much that I wrote a paper about her and I was in a class in college and I actually wrote about feminism and I saw my grandmother 
as the strongest feminist I've ever known. And a professor told me that was a lie. And my paper now resides in the women's writers collection in the library at the college that I attended. Awesome. Oh, that's great. You know, some of these ladies are, they are philanthropic. They, they do good things. A lot of them, although powerful, made their money from other people. They inherited it or they uh, were involved with their husband and maybe their husband passed and they took over. So I, w- I want to just talk real quickly about maybe the top 10 because there's a hundred and there's too many to talk about. But Angela Merkel being number one as the fem- first female chancellor of Germany, and she's in her fourth term. I have to tell you, I, I think that she deserves to be on the list because she is a powerful woman, but I've recently been in Germany and there were many demonstrations against her. There's many things that she has done that I disagree with. And one of the things that Forbes put in their description of her, that she has a steely reserve from standing up to Donald Trump to allowing more than a million Syrian refugees into Germany. I don't think either one of those things are great things to be proud of. So that's just my take on Angela Merkel. Um, Powerful, yes. The second woman on the list is uh, Christine Lagarde. She is the head of the European Central Bank. And in reading about her, she has done some wonderful things with the bank because the bank in 2008 had collapsed and she picked it up and has done a great job with that. And we're passing over Kamala Harris because we've already talked to her. And then we have the Ursula von von der Leyen, who is the president of the European Commission. And again, here's she the first woman to serve in the role. She's... She's, you know, an important and powerful woman. And you look at all of these women, the next one being Melinda Gates, again, a a very, very rich woman and very involved in philanthropy. I suppose that having all of that money is what makes you very powerful. And she does do good works. And she's one of the few people on this list to Ava's point that does do good works because what I'm missing here is the Mother Teresa type of woman that Ava talked about, the, the woman that selflessly helps other people, that selflessly makes lots of people's lives better. And those are the kind of people that I want to see on this list that are not on the list. We have Mary Barra, who is GM CEO. We have uh, Nancy Pelosi again, who we've already discussed, but I I wanna add my two cents on Nancy Pelosi. This is a woman who is hurting millions of small businesses in our country. To put her on that list insults me personally as I have one of those small businesses that she is hurting. And she, she is not somebody in my opinion to look up to. She's as dishonest as could be. And I will never forget her standing up and tearing up President Trump's list is an insult. I'm not interested so much in the top 10. I, I mean, yes, they're, they've got a lot of money. And I think that's part and parcel of what Forbes looks at. If you've got a lot of money, again, there's the capitalism. You have power. 
the two that really I question is Beyonce and um, uh, Taylor Swift. <laughs> Taylor Swift. Yes. They have a lot of money. They're entertainers. What are they doing with their money? Except promoting a political narrative that is going to take away the ability for them to be capitalist. And I don't think they get it. What I disagree with Forbes about is, and I know there are some powerful women on here and I know some of them have done some good work, but Ava, I'm with you. You've got a lot of money, put your money where your mouth is, do something for people, go into your communities and the very thing you're complaining about that's not getting done, do something about it. Instead of lying about things that are not being done, say by our president, but put your efforts and your resources to good works. And that's why Forbes has this list. It's all about money. Money is power. Power gets you on certain lists. Power gets you to say whatever you want. Because you have a lot of money, people think, oh, I'm, they must be smart. They must know what they're doing. And people like little sheep will follow them blindly because that's what we're told to do. Well, a lot of these women are in the tech world and they make a lot of money. So they're on the list. The, the thing that did fascinate me about the list is women from so many different countries, from India, from Denmark, from Brazil, from, uh, did I say Finland? Um, mm -hmm. those, those women who are making a difference in actually being in politics and running their countries, not just, not just making money in, you know, the, the tech world, which a lot of these women are, and a lot of them are CEOs of huge giant companies. And, I hand it to them uh, every day because I understand what it is like to run your own company. And I admire that they can handle this much in the way of big business, money, employees, all of that. But when you have these women around the world who are actually helping democracy come to places where they didn't have democracy, I think that that's really fascinating. And I think that those are the women that I would put, if I was making the Forbes list, those are the kind of women that I would put on the list. People that are making a difference in people's lives, not people that are running big companies, and as Becky said, making a lot of money, but people that, you know, just absolutely change people's lives and mass for the better. Those are the people that I am really impressed with. Yeah, the measurement of power is what we're talking about here. How do you measure that? If a woman has, you know, six children, let's say, and she homeschools them and teaches them about the Constitution, about freedom, about our founding, what value does that have? I think that has enormous value, especially if you spread it across a nation of 300 million people. That, that has incredible power. You know well, who I should think, be on this list, I think? Yeah, Betsy exactly. DeVos. And, who? And Betsy DeVos. 
The reason mm -hmm. I would put Betsy DeVos, our, our head of education in this country, is because she forwards the thought of charter schools for children that want a better education. And that's all going to be gone under a new administration. But what Betsy DeVos thought, even though she's her own powerful and rich woman, she stepped away from that and gave of herself to work at the department of to head the department of education so that she could have better learning for our children, better textbooks that tell the truth about our history, more charter schools so that children of color can have a better education. That's a person who should be on this list. That's your power right there. I would su suggest that Forbes creates another list of women that make a difference in the world in the ways that we're talking about, in the ways that, that Ava mentioned as far as with their character and with what they contribute to humanity, not just their money. Well, ladies, that's a wrap. One more step for womankind. 